a little wider. Prince Ball back for Marshall. The footwork, the footwork. Benji Marshall. Now the speed. The footwork again. Away from Peachy. Passes without looking. Away for Richard. Back to Fitz Henry. That is as good as you will see. Welcome back, ladies and gents, to another episode of the Supercoach Tragics podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Uh, tonight we have a we're blessed with another special guest this week, host of the Dual Position Podcast, SC Whisperer. Whisperer, mate, welcome aboard, mate. Thank you for having me on. Hopefully, we are all doing well. Yeah, well, I know as well as you, mate. I've seen your ranking; it's a lot higher than most of ours, mate. So, um, yeah, definitely lots to brag about there, uh, mate. Anything compared to last year? Uh, as, <laughs> as listeners to me that would know, last year was it was a shamble. So anything was improvement last year, but have started well. Um, we're currently six forty one. A little bit of a slide last couple of weeks, but thankfully the slides have only been like 30 or 40 spots. So a couple of poor weeks, but hopefully the, the boys bounce back. It's funny you say you're having these 30, 40 point slides or 30 ranking slides. I'm getting those same slides and I'm ranked 42,000, mate. I'm still getting those tiny little slides. So um, I was expecting to see some pretty big green arrows, but not having such luck this week. Um, well, before we move on to the other guys, uh, just, I already mentioned it earlier. You, uh, you and Brew do the Supercoach, uh, the Dual Position podcast there. Yeah, I'll give you a bit of a plug, mate. Get the word out. Obviously, you're probably a bit more following than what we do, but uh, always good to get your word out, and uh, it's good, good quality listen. Thanks, mate. Um, yeah, so I guess I am the, the the founder, I don't know, of the Dual Position podcast. It was just originally a solo mission last year with myself under the, the Supercoach Whisperer handle, but yeah, brought Bruin, um, and it's been going great guns. Like, I'm sure you boys all know, like, the amount of hours that we all talk Supercoach just in, in our group chats, and then, um, yeah, pluck, pluck Bruin out, and it's just been great, and a, a lot of... Uh, a lot of good feedback around that, which makes me which makes me happy. And then obviously having a decent rank helps to promote it too. But um, yeah, the Dual Position Podcast, find that on everywhere. YouTube, the, all the podcast platforms and we're there three times a week. So checks out. Awesome. You know, one thing I do love about the um, the fact that you, know, you and Brew together, there's a lot of opposing views. And I love that kind of concept, having those uh, back and forth views because you can't, the person that comes second, the person that comes first, they're going to have completely two different teams. And it's good to have that. It's different. There's so many different ways to skin a cat. And I think that's uh, really good to have those different options out there. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously the, the podcast has quite a, a decent following, which is always nice. And I think the the beauty of that is Brew and I play Supercoach uh, in very, very different lights. We're both, I would say, decent Supercoachers, but we both have very different ideas as to how to play the game and very different tactics, which makes for obviously good, good listening as well, because we both just have differing opinions, as you said. Yeah, mate. Thanks heaps for coming on, mate. All right. Um, as per usual tonight, we have Glenn. Uh, Glenn, mate, welcome back. How was your week last week, mate? Ah, uh, mate, I was an unhappy camper this week, mate. I got 978. My, it's like my teams in all sport formats of Supercoach inspired together to just say no. Uh, AFL, I lost 3,000 ranks. I, NRL, I lost I lost about 800 ranks. It was, um, it's just a tragic week, mate. So I'm down to 9K. Mm. I'll tell you what you should do. You could probably try and trade a new 580 and that usually works for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have pods, but if I would, it'd sound something like get bucks. <laughs> you trade Luke Brooks in or something. Uh, uh, I think that, yeah, the injury to Luke Brooks, mate, I think it saved you. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, All right. Cheers, man. Uh, and also tonight we have back with us again, Supercoach 360, Ross Mann. Welcome back, Ross, mate. How are you going? Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, um, round wasn't too bad. Got a thousand and sixty-three. Moved up four thousand spaces, but that's not hard when you're sitting at about twenty-nine k. So, um, again, still not great. But um, I got the team building nicely at the moment. I'm pretty happy where it's at at the moment. And I've still got plenty of trades and plenty of boosts left. So, um, 
hopefully I can gain some ground during the buy period. Yeah, that's my plan too. Um, that I, I think uh, my team is actually very similar to yours, building quite nicely. Uh, but I, I will apologise. Uh, everyone who listened last week would have known that I brought in Harry Grant. And I broke him. I do apologise for that formally. Um, but uh, I'm glad I got him in. I, I was going to hold off because I know he's playing Penrith and I was going to hold off getting him. But I was like, his break even's too low. And, I, and I, if I'm going to pay $802 for him, $802,000 for him right now, I'll be paying $840 for him next week. So I'll have to do it. Well, if you, want to apologize, if you want to apologise for breaking Harry Grant, I'll apologise for breaking Nico Hines this week because I finally jumped <laughs> to get his whole 50 points. If we're complaining about Harry Grant, for a bloke that did absolutely nothing and still scored 60, you'll, you've got to take that. Yeah, I captained him too, so, oh, you know. So, and that, yeah, it wasn't that's the what, worst move at the end. That's what I said directly after the game. I was like, for a game that was a, a pretty much a flogging, especially for Melbourne standards, he is quality. Like, that is so good to get that 56 points I think he got. And to do, like, in that flogging, that's amazing. It just shows you how good he actually is. So, even though I got that low score with him, and I'm, I'm very, very happy I got him in my team. Yeah. All right. And, uh, yeah, I ended up getting, uh, I think, about 978 as well. Uh, stayed flat again with my ranks, which is uh, no good. But uh, I will shout, I am a head-to-head player, and I did win my major head-to-head. And I was actually against the guy winning the comp. So... Um, unfortunately, because I beat him, he's now second, and I'm playing the guy winning the comp again this week. So that's my own problem. So I shouldn't have done that. But um, hopefully, head to heads are looking good for me. I'm moving up the ladder. So all good. All right. Uh, moving on. Let's uh, start with the news, Glenn, mate. What's in the news this week, mate? I just wanted to say two things quickly. One is I bought in Turbo, so none of you's got any right to <laughs> much lower. And the other one is I don't pay attention to head-to-head, as you know, but I played Ado last week in the Podmasters one, which is the only one I watch. And I somehow, with that score, beat Ado. So I, I was pretty happy about that. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll appreciate that shout-out too. So. Yeah, I beat Adrianosaurus Rex. <laughs> Hope he sings a song about you on his podcast, mate. <laughs> I really like him. He's a, he's yeah, a legend. Guy. All right, so the, the team changes the news this week. So the Knights, uh, Milf has been named at six. Um, Tigers, Junior Tapar holds his spot. Naden is on an extended bench who's been moved on from the Dogs. Uh, Little in for Jay Simkin who took that head knock and Madden in for Brooks who has uh, Hammy. And F Brown has moved in on, onto the bench who hasn't played for the Tigers for some time from memory. Um, mm. The Dogs. There's not much news there other than Naden being moved on, but there's flu rumours floating around, guys. So if you do own any dogs, just keep an eye on team lists. Uh, Eels. Maddow has been named at lock, and Sevo is starting this week in New South Wales Cup. So Sevo watches on. Uh, Manly. Turbo named, um, uh, despite that cork. Uh, Burbo is out with an AC. Uh, Harper in and Schuster is on the bench. Uh, Dragons, Ramsey has been moved into fullback and Sloan's been dropped out again, and by at nine. Warriors, Jazz Tavunga has moved into hooker for Egan another week out. Aiken has been named at second row. Tohu has also been at second row and Nucci Lock, but expect a late reshuffle. The Warriors are known for doing that with Tohu. Mm-hmm. Um, Storm, Nass has a knee injury, so possibly three weeks. Wishard's been named at fullback and Hughes returns at seven despite being apparently reported to be out longer and uh, meany wing, but I'm also expecting a reshuffle there and Brandon Smith into the front row. Uh, Nat Butch has been named for the Roosters at lock for Victor Radley, who has a syndesmosis injury. Uh, Host out brings in Peoples for the Rabbitohs. Uh, Wolford again at nine, Starling Bench. 
David Peter needs a return and Kelly and Herbert are on an extended bench. And the last one is uh, Miller, the rugby seven player, has been named a fullback for the Sharks. Hines has got back to his seventh position and Graham is out at Teague Wilton at second row. Also, Finucane has a head knock and McInnes at 13. So Finucane is won't back up this week. And just three other things I've written here. So everyone knows Barrett steps or is pushed this week from the Bulldogs. Um, Tigers chase Angus Crichton. Uh, Edric Lee signs with the Dolphin and Latrell Mitchell is off to the States to fix his hamstring. And that's all. Oh, one more thing. Tamika Upton and Millie Boyle have signed with the Knights for the NRLW, which I think are, are terrific signings for that, for the women. Yeah, that's one thing I'm really looking forward to growing is the NRLW. Like, um, I think when I first really started getting into it was when they had the Auckland Nines the first year and they had the Australian girls play the New Zealand girls. And I was just watching them between the games and God, that was exciting to watch. I really liked those. Those hits were not soft. Oh, hitting harder than the boys. So I really, I'm looking forward to the teams being extended out next year. Um, and just, yeah, I, 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 it maybe hit up Sankster to try and get a female uh, super coach, the NRLW super coach going on. We had uh, one for BBL, but the problem was that everyone dropped off playing it once the men started. And that's the mm -hmm. problem I fear. They don't have a long enough or extended a long enough comp, uh, comp to yeah. warrant a super coach um, happening. But I, I would like to see it. I think that, you know, it would draw more interest uh, from normal rugby league viewers to the women's game. Yeah, definitely. There's some serious talent in that women's comp too. Oh, yeah. Isabel Kelly. Oh, God. What a Unbelievable. I've, I've got tickets to go see the origin in Canberra because I live in Canberra. So I've got tickets. Uh, we build all the boys in our head-to-head -head league. We're going to go and watch the game in um, Canberra. So I think that's end of June. So looking forward to that. Do you think with Millie Boyle signing for Newcastle, uh, the Adam Elliott rumours will... Circle even even harder. <laughs> well, I've, I reckon I've, I've heard it's a done deal already, so I wouldn't be surprised if it's not announced in the next couple of weeks. Because yeah. they're losing, obviously Barnett off to the Warriors. Um, there's obviously I think there's some talk around Fazell as well. So there's there's going to be some spots to fill there. Yeah. All righty, guys. Let's move on to some market watch here, guys. So we'll start with the most traded in players this week. Um, on top of the list, we've got uh, Ruben Cotter, 556,000K. Uh, bit of a cracking week. I've had, I bought him in at about, I think I bought him in at 380. I was actually pretty stoked when I got him in. Um, took a bit of pun on him there. And it's kind of a double-edged sword for me where I want him to play good so he scores good, but now he's playing too good and he's actually playing his Wayne Origin jersey. Uh, I'll start with you, Josh. Um, what are your thoughts on, uh, on Cotter, mate? Would you bring him in this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm undecided. I brought him in round three or four for probably the same price as what you did. And, and he was sort of my little sneaky play to get me through Origin. And, and now he's become a household name, which is a, a great as a Queenslander myself. Brew and I were discussing this last night, actually. And I'm very undecided if, if he's a bring in. Like, if you view him as a, as, a, as a keeper, which I think Brew and I do, then I can understand bringing him in because it's a, it's a trade. He's got a fantastic duel. And I made the comparison to Cam McInnes. Remember in preseason, we all thought Cam McInnes would be this 60 to 65 point guy who was underpriced and, and would cover that very handy duel. It's, it's everything Ruben Cotter has become. So if you view him as a keeper, I can definitely understand bringing him in. Uh, myself though, if you haven't brought him in by now, I would probably wait and bring him in round 13 if you were looking to bring him in because then you know if he's playing Origin or not. Um, whereas you could probably find some guys doing similar for a, a similar price or, or even slightly more that could eke out with a, with a better ceiling because he did have some attacking stats last week, which did boost him up. Um, but 
overall he's been solid. I'm very happy he's known it, but I wouldn't be running out of my way to buy him. If he's not playing Origin, definitely one to, to own. But I, I think we could probably wait another two weeks to get some more clarity. Yeah, one thing I think about Cotter as well is uh, we've probably all seen how uh, whenever the Cowboys are on a bit of a heater that the, they're starting to win the game pretty heavily, they'll drop Lolo. And I think uh, Cotter actually benefits a lot from that as well because because they're utilising Cotter in the middle uh, in, at 13 when needed. And I think Cotter does actually get extra minutes because of that. Um, so I reckon, yeah, I reckon he's a keeper too. Um, but like you said, I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. I think, um, yeah, there's a lot of people that we'll talk about today that I reckon are their weight until round 13. So, um, and I think Ruben Cotter is one of those weights. Uh, your thoughts on that, Glenn? Yeah, I concur on all that. I, I think that for me, I've actually looked at the option of going cook to him round 13. I think that if you didn't jump on early, I think given that how well he's playing, it's a huge chance to play origin. And it's just, you know, you're either chasing keepers or number. Uh, uh, I mean, I agree with what Josh said. If you're looking at matters as a keeper, then get on because we're, we're only looking now at keepers or by round players. Yeah. And um, uh, the other thing as well is if you do wait that few weeks there, he's pro- he's not like that guy's going <laughs> to score your 120s and 130s. So his price isn't going to go up dramatically. So you might pay a little bit extra for him for that weight, but not enough to really warrant worrying about um, waiting a week. Like an example I mentioned before was like Harry Grant. I didn't want to bring him in this week because he's playing the Panthers, but his break even was so low. And he, know- he has the capability of going up even higher. <laughs> so I-, I had to get in that week. But Cotter, you can, you can wait on Cotter. Yeah, uh, he, Ross, he definitely. Thoughts? Sorry, he definitely does not have that. Like, if you're looking at your head-to-heads and and you don't have caught up, but the other guy does, like, you're not sitting there yeah. shaking in your boots. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Your thoughts, Ross? Yeah, he was one that I was looking at this week, but I've decided to bring in IPAP this week because I obviously he's probably the more trade. Cotter, yeah, I think. I mean, we don't know if he's going to play Origin. He's in some serious form at the moment. There's some players in that Queensland squad in the back row from last year that aren't really informed that he could easily get picked over. Um, also the fact that they are playing Melbourne and Penrith the next two games as well. You know, I mean, obviously he's not, he's not a relying on those attacking stats, but um, for me, I think I'm just going to hold off and wait until round 13 and see what happens first and see if I bring him in or not. Yeah. Um, and we'll segue that in nicely to the guy that you mentioned earlier. I'll move to you again, Ross. Is IPAP. He's number two on the list, mate. Um, and if there's any doubt about Ruben Cotter being a keeper, this guy here is no doubt. I think IPAP is a keeper. He's a guy that I would bring in this week if I could. Ross, you agree? Oh, yeah, definitely. Here. Yeah, I've, I've been, I, I was actually going to bring him in last week. I was going to boost last week and actually go Payne Haas to IPAP, which I wish I had done, but. Then I'm like, well, I've got to get Haas back in, and now I'm still contemplating on what to do. But I've, I've got, I'm getting him in this week, and I think he's pretty much a must-have. I mean, I know they've got, they don't play round 13, but at the end of the day, the point is going to get you between now and then. He'll cover 17, and he won't play Origin. So for me, if you don't have him, I'd be getting him this week for sure. Yeah, that's one thing we'll talk about a bit later as well when we talk about our um, our buy strategies for the week. But um, a lot of people are targeting those 0 13 players. But you can't also neglect the round 17 players. So you might have, say, um, 13, 14 players ready to play round 13. And then maybe you look at your team and you go, crap, I've only got five players for that round um, 17 game. And it actually can shoot you to foot. So an example for me, I've got Campbell Graham, who I believe, um, if he doesn't get any origin spot, which I don't think he will, is a perfect player to keep <laughs> um, in the team. And I'm going to keep him all the way through. I think he's a good little pod to have for myself. Um, your thoughts, Whisperer, on um, IPAP? I think it's pretty clear. 
not much more to say, really. I mean, a bit of egg on all of our faces. I'm sure many of us in the preseason were were very cold on iPad with the with the potential risk of him rotating through the middle last year. But I've said it multiple times with the with the emergence of, of Makahisi Makatoa, he's filled in that like middle role that um that Brad Arthur can rely on. And I think that's really freed up IPAP as well. So and you've even seen Maddo be sort of relegated to the middle. So yeah, must have we've said it three or four weeks ago that like the price was sky high then, but he just keeps getting more and more expensive and keeps producing week on, week out. So yeah, you, I think you've just got to move heaven and earth to get him in. Very handy jewel as well. So uh, all aboard. Yeah, it's one of those things like, yeah, you, you feel like you missed the boat because you're so high, but he's not going to get any lower anytime soon. So I no, totally agree with that. And Glenn, your thoughts, mate, same? Well, yeah, two things I'll say. One is that to start him at the beginning of the season, he was 90K more than Hats. And points per dollar, I still argue that he wasn't worth starting. But having said that, um, front row is an ugly position, isn't it? And so anytime you can land an 80-minute second rower who's uh, available in this front row position uh, in a side that you could argue is a ceiling side, yeah, I agree. I don't like the word must-have, but I I would say for that position, he somewhat is. Yeah, and just looking up here as well, it's like you look at the leading point scorers this year, um, over total points, you got Nico Hines up top, Puppy second, and then you've got IPAP third. He's yeah. the third highest uh, scorer this year. So definitely, uh, I haven't got him. And I, I'm gonna, I, he's so expensive. I'd have to sell another gun that I have to get him. And I, I just can't bring myself to do that. So I'm, unfortunately, my plan would be uh, in round 17 when I try to get those uh, nuffs that play around 17 to nuff for the rest of the season is to free up cash and get him then. Uh, that's all I can do. Um, that's because I just I'm like I can't sacrifice any more points. I've already sacrificed too many to start the season. Alrighty, uh, next on the list, and I'm sure we'll uh, disagree. Uh, I'm sure I disagree with this trade completely. And that's uh, Joey Manu is third most traded in. Four thousand seven hundred ninety-five people have traded him in this week as of uh, as of this afternoon before this recording. Uh, Ross, your thoughts on bringing Manu in this week? I wouldn't be bringing him in this week. Um, I would be waiting until round 13 to bring him in. But as we just discussed before the pod, they've got a pretty tough draw coming up too, not just the next couple of games before 13, but after Origin as well, they've actually got quite a quite a tough draw. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a bit sceptical on him. I'm, I'm probably looking at bringing in either Garrick or Manu, and I'm probably just going to go for Garrick over Manu just for the fact of Manly's draw and... Yeah, I'm, I don't know, but I like Manu when he plays fullback. But I had him last year um, for most of the season. He did well for me, but I'm not too sure about it this year. I'm thinking that, um, yeah, Garrick might be the better go. Yeah, I, I agree with Garrick being a better go there. Um, your thoughts on that, Whisper? Yeah, I'm actually not, not a huge fan of this. And I'm sure we're going to use this term quite often, but he's a guy that if you were bringing in, I'd be bringing him at round 13. Uh, Penrith this weekend, Sharks next weekend, Canberra in Canberra, round 13, and Canberra shouldn't be missing many of their troops. They'd be fielding a pretty full-strength side, you'd imagine. So Manu's quietly gone about averaging 68 this year, but it's just I'm not too sure if I'm keen to pay 605k for a bloke playing in the centres. I'd rather pay that for a winger that's goal-kicking, and obviously that screams Garrick if you don't own him. So Manu, I'm happy to give a miss. I'm not a huge fan of him being the third most traded in this week. Glenn? Yeah, I, I think based on draw, I wouldn't be doing it. But uh, full disclosure, my daughter asked me today what to do and she ended up getting Manu. And I, so she's probably listening to this saying, then what the hell, Dad, did you do? <laughs> what are you doing? 
but uh, look, she's trying to build numbers up to be strong for that round. And I think for what her side looks like, I think it's based on your side and how it looks. But I personally don't like my, I think it's two rocks and diamonds for me. Yeah, exactly. Three scores under 30 this year um, for a guy you're paying well over 600K for. So, mm. and, he's, and he's three games after round 13 are Melbourne, Parra and Penrith too. Yeah, they got. Yeah. So it's not ideal. Team. It's not an ideal draw. Yeah, they had yeah. seven games. And you don't want to be just bringing players in for round thirteen just to have numbers. You want to be bringing players in that you want. You're looking at keeping as season keepers. And I don't see him being a season keeper. Yeah, that's a great point. I did that exactly last year with guys like James Fisher Harris and Regan Campbell Gillard, just bringing in bodies for the sake of bringing in bodies. And you then stuck come round twenty twenty one. Thinking crap, like I don't have a premium option here. So I think Ross makes a really good point there. Don't bring in them for the sake of bringing them in, bring them in for a reason. And Manu definitely is a season long keeper, but the next six weeks don't really, and they're not ideal for me personally. That's what we actually spoke about on the pod last week. Was I, I mentioned that in past seasons, one of the mistakes that I've made is I've gone quality over quantity. Whereas this year, I'm much more looking at the quality of the numbers that I have in my side as opposed to just. You know, you'll, you'll find yourself getting numbers that'll get 20s and 30s. And are they, what's the point of having that in your side? Because you've got to trade them out. So mm-hmm. I agree with all that. Yeah, I think you touched on earlier, Ross, that um, comparing him to Garrick. And you look at uh, Garrick's scoring potential over the entire buy period is a lot better than Manu. Like Manu probably outscores Garrick in that, um, in that round 13 match. But you've got to look at more, as more of a long game. And I think Garrick outscores Manu over that maybe four or five game period there. Um, when Turbo is back, he goes to the wing and where he gets those tries. So I think it's yeah. just a, it's a smarter play. Um, I was, I was trash talking Garrick uh, at the start of the season, but I'll happily eat my words because he's definitely gone back to that, uh, that yeah, high ceiling winger outside Turbo where we all knew. So um, I, I did say that Tupo would uh, out, average more than Garrick this season. And I think I'm pretty not, not too far off at the moment, actually. On, so. on that Garrick Manu debate, look, Garrick does have Parramatta and Melbourne this week and next week. Not ideal, but Manu, as we said, has Penrith and the Sharks. And then Garrick's draw is the Warriors, the Tigers, the Cowboys, yeah. Melbourne, in, <laughs> Melbourne in 16, Newcastle, St. George, like basically from that like around 13 to around 19 period. And one of them will be getting an extra conservatively eight to 10 points a game just in goal kicking. So. Yeah, and especially um, from a head-to-head perspective, uh, I wasn't sure if it was your podcast I was listening to, uh, Whisperer, but we talk about as a head-to-head, you try to target those players that are also the, the good matchups in round 21 to 24. Um, and that's what I'll be looking at. And I think Manly have actually a pretty good draw between 21 and 24 from what I can see. So I think Garrick's that guy that you'd keep for the rest of the year and also be that point of difference that you're playing against in your head-to-head finals. So Parramatta, Titans, Sharks, Raiders, Bulldogs, 21 to 25. So especially in your yeah. 24 and 25, depending on how your yeah. league is set up for your grand finals, uh, Canberra at GAO. And the Bulldogs uh, away in basically could be your grand final week. Yeah. yeah well, I'd be I'd be waiting till round thirteen to bring either of them in, given the draw that they've both got for the next two games. But I'm only presuming that people are getting rid of Xavier Coates and going to Manu or to go or going to Garrick or something like that. That's all I'm thinking. But um, I can I can see why. But maybe just hold Coates and ride the ups and downs until round thirteen and get. He's rocks. You know what you're going to get with Coates. He's going to get you 30 or he's going to get you 130. Just how he is. Yes, yes. All right, let's move on to the next one then. This one's going to probably cause a bit of debate uh, as well. Is Ryan Madison uh, 
he's been killing it at the moment. And I, I, I will agree. Um, one, I'll, I'll put my thoughts on this first. Now that he's starting, is it weird that I actually more worried? Because I found that when he was on the bench, he had secure minutes that were replicated every single week. He'd come on and he'd play the 55, 60 minutes and it was always very secure. What is the is Brad Arthur's plan with him now that he's starting? With Brown on the bench there as well. I'll, I'll go to you, Whisperer. What are your thoughts? I know you, you spoke about this at your podcast. But what are your thoughts on Maddo? Yeah, I was very against Maddo. Uh, I thought we were paying sky high dollar for him. And then I went back and had a look at the price change calculator. And although 660K is overs and we are paying up front for him, if he goes on to average 60, we're only losing 80K off his peak, what it is right now, which isn't a massive drop. I think his minutes stay kind of the same. I think Nathan Brown was playing between 50 to 55 minutes a game and Maddo was playing 55 to 60. I think that stays the same. The question is, can the attack stay up? Uh, that That's the biggest thing. I don't think Maddo is a shot to be playing Origin unless disaster happens and a few injuries occur. So he's a number for around 17 is what you were touching on before, potentially building for that 17 rather than prioritizing 13. Um, I do worry about paying the 660, but... Hell, if he, if he, even if he averages what 1.1 to 1.2 ppm, he'll still get you a 62 to 63 average. And um, I've kind of come 180 on this, and I am keen on bringing in Matto. Very nice. Uh, your thoughts, Glenn? Yeah, well, so let me do what I think here. The fact that he was playing, when he was coming on, he was running at tied defenders. And players that play less minutes against tied defenders, their ppm tends to be a little higher. I, I agree with you that he will play the exact same minutes. I just don't know if his uh, output attack-wise, his plus, will be as um, high. But look, I, I, I have owned Maddo since start round one in the draft, and he's been my most consistent player. Um, he just keeps delivering. He's a workaholic. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that if you've got the side that can bring Maddo in, do it. Yep. All right, Ross, your thoughts, mate? I personally, I like him too, and I've got him in some drafts as well, but I'd actually would have preferred to jump on him if he was coming off the bench rather than starting. I just think, like you said, Glenn, he, he comes in after 20 minutes. He's got the tied forwards that he's running at, and I don't see his scores being as good when he starts as when he is off the bench. I mean, minutes will probably be very similar, but I would have preferred him off the bench, to be honest with you. I know it's very it. weird to say that yeah. you, you prefer to buy a player off the bench than I'm starting but I just think you worry about his head knocks you know and stuff like that too he's had a bad history with them too so yeah I, I, I'm temp I'm very tempted by him but yeah I just can't get him into my team if I said to you though Ross I can give you a guy that's going to have your floor of 60 with the upside of 110 yeah. you, you take that I think people are looking at yeah. the at the, at the 90s and the 100 points a game saying that's not sustainable which which I agree but if we can get 60 points with the minimum from Maddo, with yeah. all the attacking upside that he has, the offloads that he's going to do, the, the creative ball playing to the middle, the fact that he's available in round 17, and the draw of Manly, Raiders, Bulldogs, Roosters, Souths, Tigers, Warriors, Broncos. Like, there's two two bad games there. And, yeah. hell, even in the bad games, the last two weeks, Parramatta haven't had a brilliant draw. He's performed with a 91 yeah. and 107. So, I don't expect the, the 1.8 to 2 PPM to stay up. Of course, that's unsustainable. But if we can go back to 1.1, 1.2 or 55 minutes a game uh, with a floor of 60, I'm, I am coming around to the idea. I don't love playing 660, but as I said, even if he averages 60, we're only going to lose 80K off his peak right now. So, yeah, I think it's it's team dependent. I wouldn't be pulling my side apart to bring Maddo in. But if you were downgrading someone like a Coates and, and shifting Tago down, if you have him there, or hell, even if, you, even if you're waiting for Talakai's uh, dual position to kick in next week, 
um, and you're shifting around some some center wings that maybe have peaked. I uh, definitely don't hate it. A, a trade that comes to mind would be like Tuolagi down to like a Peoples. That's going to free up what 200k, and then you can probably downgrade a Coates and and get the money for Matto. So I think it's team dependent. Yeah, I just don't. I just looked at my team, and I I don't have anyone to trade out to to bring him in. I mean, obviously for me, I'm going Stags to I'm going Stags to IPAP, and that for me is more important than going yeah, to to Matto. But looking at the rest of my team. I mean, the only other option for me was going Haas to Maddo, and for me, that seems a bit sideways. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it, it's a trade that, that I'd make that if you were upgrading rather than, oh, 100%. Go, rather than going yeah, sideways. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I do agree that IPAP is the priority here. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and to be honest, if someone like told me that I could get Ryan Madison to six sixty starting at lock, I'd be pretty happy. In the past, he's uh, he's it's not like he's just pulling this out of nowhere. He's been a gun in the past, and. We've all seen what he can do, and especially when they, they often in the like a long time ago they were naming it five eight because we know he has that ball playing ability as well. Um, so you're going to be getting try assists as well as that extra work rate when he puts through. Angus and Maddo have always been two staples in my sides in previous seasons, and it's for that reason because of their floor. It, yeah. You just know what you're getting, and any attacking stat, and you're looking at a higher score. True, true. All right, let's move on to the next one. And I'm excited about this one. And that's uh, the People's Champ, Peoples. Uh, your thoughts, uh, Glenn, on uh, Trent Peoples, mate? I, I think we wait a week, but uh, it's up to you. I, I, what do you reckon, mate? Well, I mean, look, I will say this. He's playing against the Raiders, who, believe it or not, in that position, have leaked um, fairly highly to everyone that's played against them in that position. I looked at a stat this week put up by Kane in the chat there. It was interesting. But I, I actually don't like this trade because I don't think his job security is that good. And I think a lot of people have gone and bought Burbo, Tass, Schiller. Mm. They've got a lot of them players in their side. And I feel like they're just adding another problem. But if you're tra- look, having said that, if you're trading down a Tualagi to allow you money to get to an IPAP, do it. Yeah. yeah I like him. Um, I, I After having being one of those guys that brought in Tass and one of those guys that brought in Burbo as well, I, I do have my concerns. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think the way he played um, was it two weeks ago now, he, I know he got extended minutes there, but his work ethic was just amazing. He was playing 64 minutes and just killed it. Um, if he can get a decent... And we know he has the motor, so he might even get extra minutes there on that edge. Being an edge player as well, that's what he normally is. I, 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 like, I like him. So I can understand one other thing. that what, Where he is very useful to people is if you've got anyone at your centre wing like a Schiller or anyone down there uh, and you've got someone like a Targo, a Firma, an Aiken up in your second row spot, or even a Talakai, he's mm. a perfect person for you to use to sell that person at your centre wing, move you know, move down that player and then put peoples on your bench. And he will make you money. And, and he is a play in your 17. I like what I've seen from him. I, mm. But I just say it comes with caution, read job security. I think he becomes very handy in round 17. Yeah, yeah. Jairo will be out. Cam Murray will be out. They're the two reasons why he's in right now. Jacob Host looks like he's potentially gone for the season. Yeah, in just yeah. 63 minutes in his debut, 11 hit-ups, one tackle bus, one line break, four offloads, 24 tackles. So he definitely has <laughs> the motor to churn through the work. Um, I'd only be going early on him this week if you had plans to play him. If you didn't have plans to play him, then you can easily wait. And that's exactly what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to be waiting for the dual position to kick in. I'll be trading out Tass and bringing in Peoples via Talakai when he picks up his dual position. Um, but yeah, from what I've seen from him, he, he looks really good. The the big appeal is obviously Cam Murray. He's out until round 14. 
Uh, Jai Arrow will be out round 13 and 17 with origin duties. And host looks like he's done for quite a long time. So you might be picking him up next week. He might be dropped round 15. I wouldn't stress too much. If you don't see his name on the team sheet come round 15, round 16, I wouldn't be fussed uh, because I definitely think he, he just slots back in round 17, barring an absolute disaster. And, and what I've seen from him in his debut, I don't think a disaster game is coming from him. And uh, Souths have a pretty good match this week and they look like they're fit and firing. So a win just will help his cause, I believe. Can I just say one more thing about, I just wanted to talk about you, Supercoach Whisperer. So all the people that follow my page, you'll notice that a lot of the updates that I do actually come from Josh. He's the person that has all them late, uh, that late mail for us. So um, he's a very handy person to um, have in Supercoach. You know, for many years now, I've followed um, Josh and I've, um, I, I quite often go to him first as a source because he, he does seem to get the, the information quickly. So I just want to thank you, that. mate. Appreciate appreciate that. Yeah, so right. you heard it here first. If you want to get some good information, send uh, six packs of uh, whatever beer you drink, mate, and then we'll send it all the way to your address, and then you can get a nice little collection there. And- oh, lovely. Um, <laughs> but no, basically, basically with with people's like, like I think the big thing is, and you guys will know, like he's not going to get named round fifteen, round sixteen. People are going to blow up. Oh, we we've, we've been trapped. I think he's a buy for round seventeen, and then I don't know. Is is uh, Coach Mitro just going to carry a back row on the bench? I don't think he does. So I think you can basically play him as a good loop as well. So yeah. pick him in, pick him up. You'll get what two price rises out of him, and then he should be a decent loop option. Yeah, that, that was my question to you. Next was, uh, do you think he drops back to the bench when he does when all the all the guns are back? And and I think I agree with you. I don't think he does. I think um they, they've got enough depth with Arrow that plays in the middle and on the edge. I don't think they need to have Liam Knight, um, yeah. Havili, both those guys can cover through the middle as well. Yep. So, um, yep. and hell, they've got Cody Nicarima now who's filling a bench spot to being a utility. So, uh, look, worst case, he does come off the bench. And we've seen, like, even with 40 minutes or so, I still think he's got like a one PPM in him. And if, if my AE didn't get me 40 points, then hell, I'll take that. And what? At 173k, you still going to make some money. So uh, I'm not too fussed. Ross, do you like people's early or are you just waiting on him next week as well? No, I'm getting on him this week because I want to, because so I can get IPAP in. So I'm going to go Stags to, um, to IPAP and I'm going to go um, Tualangi to People's. Yeah. Um, that. And that'll free me up a lot of some extra cash too for next week. Um, so that's the only reason why I'm going early is just so that I can make that trade. Tuolungi is back to the bench. I don't know what's what, whether that's going to be good or bad. I don't know, but um, yeah, I just want to get it done and get get IPAP in. That's my priority. Otherwise, I wouldn't be getting him in this week. But yeah, I agree with you, Josh, about what you're saying. I don't see him being on the bench 15 and 16. They don't need a bench. They don't need him on the bench. So um, I can see him playing 17. He'll play this week, and you know, might get two price rises out of him, and that's pretty much it. And then he'll just sit there as a loop option. So. Yeah. We've also got to remember that Mark Nichols is due very, very shortly, who's an out-and-out middle, who I think will mm-hmm. command a place in the side. So there's another bench. Yeah. But, and I can't believe we're saying this about an option, but we want him to not be on the bench um, because, mm. yeah, he'll be a very handy play around 17 and he'll be a pretty handy loop option as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. All right, guys, that's top five there, sort of. So let's talk about the next ones, the bottom six. We'll just brush through them there. Uh, one that I, I I think I agree with this. I, I didn't agree with it about five weeks ago, but he's, he's proven me wrong, and that's big Billy Kickout. Um, I really like what I've seen from him. It's showing. I think he's getting a lot of extra minutes at the moment. Um, and yeah, I think he's. I think he's putting that extra effort in. I think the coach is working him pretty hard now that he's gone next year. Uh, your thoughts, Glenn? Well, he's playing eighty minutes. The the problem mm. always for kick out was the minutes, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I mean, he 
he does have a low floor. He, he is rocks and diamonds at time, but you, you, you're buying a player in a ceiling side who loves to play to that left-hand side. And when kick out's on, he's on, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't mind this at 80 minutes. Yeah, one thing I will um, caution, or the one, th- one thing that puts me off a little bit is you're pretty much buying him at, he is rocks and diamonds and he has been in the past and you are buying him at 600,000, which is quite expensive for, if you think that you're paying 600,000 for a potential 30 or 40, um, it can be a bit scary to do, but he has been proven to be wrong. So uh, your thoughts, Whisperer? Rocks or diamonds, but more diamonds than rocks this mm-hmm. year. I mean, his, his last month of footy been a 76 of 65 and 19 and 84 and playing big minutes. So yeah, he's, He's gone 80 minutes, 69, 70, 80, 80, 80, 67, 80, 71, 67. So the minutes have been up there. Um, Kikau's one of those guys that he's always needed the minutes to get there, and it looks like he's getting them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's weird. Like, you'd think a side running off Nathan Cleary and Liam Martin, both those guys would be out and out studs, but it's been a little bit up and down for both of them. But Kikau, yeah, he's just proving – People that bought him round one early or even the guys that brought him up for the first two big weeks, he's doing well. And he's a guy that I'm actually looking at to be buying over Matto. But um, yeah, it's, it's a toss of a coin. If you need the numbers, definitely be going kick out. I don't hate that pick at all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, 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 as a Panthers fan, I really want him in my team. I makes my team look a lot better just having him in there because I've only got a couple of Panthers in there now. Uh, three, which is probably too much. Let me, too many that I should have. Let me put this to you. Both at a very similar price, both averaging one point between each other. Would you rather kick out or Manu? I'll kick out. I'll kick out every day of the week, yeah. yeah. And kick out is ranked sixth in buys and, and Manu is, what, third? And people should have enough jewels where they can move stuff around. I definitely prefer kick out. Yeah, the, the amount of duels at the moment, like this year is becoming, I know we've got the extra duels added every six rounds. It is becoming to the point where it's every player is going to have a duel at this point. So it's so easy to move everything around. Um, yeah, uh, I think Kikau should be much higher on this list. Uh, yeah, Ross, mate, uh, course, Ross? Yeah, I don't mind him either. To be honest with you, it's not for me though. I mean, just that I'm, as I said, I'm pretty set for round 13 at the moment and I need to be start to bring in players that are, going to be keepers and going to play 17 potentially as well. So, but I don't hate it. I mean, I can see people potentially going coach to big kick out via jewels like a Targo or a, or a firmer or someone like that. So I don't hate it. He's in the ceiling side, but he's not going to get you those high, you know, high scores every week. And he doesn't have, you know, the potential to go the hundreds on a regular basis. He just doesn't have that sort of ceiling, but yeah. I don't, I don't hate the idea. I th- he's on that potential deadly left side. So for me, it's, yeah, it's a good, it's a decent buy. Yeah, um, I really like him. All right, let's move on to the next one. Another guy that we, we all forgot about and we all got rid of him and now he's back again. That's Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, he's just gone. I don't know what, what, what's happened to him. I'll ask. It's just gone crazy, Glenn. I, I didn't own him and I won't own him. I, I, look, I, the Broncos are doing very well. But, I mean, he's got to get three tries for 80. Mm. You know, I mean, think about that. You know, in the sides, I mean, I, I, I actually don't like it. I, I'm surprised that he's doing that well, to be honest. Um, but all of these tries have been somewhat opportunic tries. There hasn't been anything that I feel like has been set for him. The kicks across, you know, they're only 17s. They're not um, with line breaks. But, look. I couldn't say if you already owned him, you've done well because you're making cash off him. But mm. I know if I'd be bringing him in based on what else is available in centre wing for a 13 and 17. 
and keepers. And Anthony is a keeper. Yeah. Your thoughts, Whisperer? Yeah, this one just reeks of people licking their wounds after trading that a couple of weeks ago. Like I never owned him, and and there's someone else on this list here uh, that we'll talk about in a couple of spots that I feel like people are just licking their wounds after flicking him on nearly five five hundred k. He does have a minus twelve break even, so I can understand it in playing the Knights. But I just feel like if you you gotta you gotta stick your boots in the ground. If you trade him out, then uh, you I probably wouldn't go back to the well there. Well, to be honest, like my my son of wings, I've got like um got Campbell Graham, I've got uh, Targo, uh, I've got Stags, who is a bit of rocks and diamonds at the moment. At the moment, more more rocks than anything else. And then I've got May, so I don't think I really have any space there to put a Cobo in anyway. I think um and at this stage, most people should have a pretty solid center wing to not worry about bringing these in, chasing these points as well. Yeah, so, well, we've said it multiple times, but Talakai becomes a center wing next week as well. So exactly, you've got to add to the pot. Yeah, the people that got Aiken up on top as well, they might want to bring him down as a keeper in the center wing as well. So there's just so many options there that I just don't think you need Cobo this week. Um, I think the uh, I'll, I'll go to you, Ross, before we move on. But yeah, so what are your thoughts on Cobo, mate? I wouldn't be buying him now. Definitely mm. not. That's just absolutely crazy. I mean, he's nearly 500k now. There's better options out there for a bit more, all similar. Um, I sold him before he went on his run. <laughs> a bit like a bit like I did with Coates as well. I sold him before he went on his run. So um okay, who might who might have commented <laughs> who might have comment with the year that I'm having. I'm sure Glenn reminded of me on the pod last week about selling coats or something, wasn't it? I can't can't remember. I watched the pod and he, yeah, if it's not Tim, it's Glenn. So um but yeah, no, I definitely wouldn't be getting on him this week. As Glenn said, he scored eighty points last week with three tries, obviously two rough kicks and one was an intercept, but yeah, it's not going to happen every week for me. It's a no-go. But if you know, well done to those who held him, though. I mean, that's all I can say. So, If the Broncos yeah. were playing round 13, would we be speaking about this in a different light? Yeah, I reckon so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's a case of us just looking at the buy rather than the player and we're talking about quality or quantity over quality. And, and yeah, I feel like Cobo might just be a body that people are bringing in that I wouldn't be keen on because by round 17... Um, you should be filling out your squad and, and he's probably not even an option to be, to be playing like if he wasn't there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not overly keen on this one. And I think a lot of people sent a wing to the moment. Well, mine, for example, May, Targo, Campbell Graham and Firma. And then I've got Suwali on the bench. So, I mean, all of them are by-round players, you know what I mean? And I've got Aiken up at second row. Like, so where would you fit Cobbo into that? The only thing I'll say on him is I'm just looking at Broncos draw now from, say, round... 12 to round 25. They've only got about five pretty tough games, which is Melbourne, Cowboys, um, Melbourne twice and Parramatta twice. So it's not the worst draw, but yeah. It's still not... Barnworth. Yeah, yeah I'd, rather, I'd rather take a punt on Herbie. I think he's got a better floor and probably the same amount of upside. That's right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one, guys. Uh, another one that I don't really agree with you. I think he's already earned 173000 for people who we do own him, and that's Suwali. I don't know why you'd be bringing him in this week against the Panthers. I think we've all agreed that we shouldn't be playing centre wing against Penrith. Uh, I'll, go, I'll go back to you, Ross. Well, I wouldn't be, yeah, probably probably too late for me. Yeah. If you haven't got him by now, too late. I mean, you know, obviously, this is points chasing for me. I thought most people would have been on him by now. I didn't realise he was that high up on the list, so... A bit surprising to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I'm one of those guys that haven't got him, and that's because I was picking other guys, and I, I had a 
a flip of a coin and that coin uh, kicked me in the pants as I wasn't a very good flip of a coin. So uh, your thoughts, um, Whisperer? He's about to be 500K after this week. He's got a minus 31 break even. So like for mm. the ones that did jump on awesome, he's currently owned by 36% of teams. So I am surprised to see him feature on this list, but it does reek a little bit of chasing last week's points. If you don't own, I probably just, yeah, wouldn't be jumping on. Like the, the time to jump on was when he was under, under 250K. So now I'd just be giving it a miss. Yeah, good call, Glenn. Yeah, I wouldn't buy him. I own him. I've owned him since like about five rounds ago when when it was worth bringing him in. Mm. But I, I certainly wouldn't be doing it now. And, and we may as well move on to both. I mean, him and Targo. People are chasing, you know, I, we said it on the pod last week, don't sell Targo. And everybody did, you know. Yeah. We've been saying it for the last three weeks not to sell Targo. Yeah. I think it's funny. We actually have been talking about Targo every single week for the last yeah. four weeks because he's been on one of these lists and it's only at the trade-outs. And yeah. now he's on the trade-in list. So. Always, in, always in the top three most traded out for the past three weeks. And now <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's what exactly what I was saying about Cobo. Like, yeah. if you weren't a believer and you traded him, that's totally cool. Like, that's mm. that's fine. But you, tr- you trade him out for a reason. Like, don't yeah. bring him back in after one score of 100. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not keen on bringing in Targo. I'm not keen on selling Targo. So that's, yeah, yeah I think it's, it's pretty much line in the sand there. Yeah, well, we'll go to the number 10 trade-in now. This one, um, I don't agree with this at all. Um, I've had a few people on different podcasts say that this is a possibility, and I actually don't agree with bringing in Wolford. Uh, I don't even think he plays this week, to be honest. I don't think he, I think I he does. Either. There's so much risk there with Elliot on the extended bench. Uh, we've all seen what Ricky does with Starling coming on 20 minutes in usually. Obviously, last week he came in 30 minutes in. But uh, I just don't see him getting... Well, he got 31 minutes last last week, or 37 minutes last week. Um, he did some good stuff with it, but I, that's definitely not sustainable. I don't think he's going to get 37 minutes every week, let alone get those attacking stats every week as well. Your Ricky, thoughts, Ricky, oh, sorry. I was just there you go. quickly trying. Ricky has made it very clear that Starling is his guy off the bench. Yeah. He's, done, he's had Frawley at nine. He's had Elliot at nine. He's had Wolford at nine. It is very clear that Starling is the 60-minute player off the bench. So that's not going to change. And I mean, Elliot looked outstanding when he played. Like, and, and Elliot can double up as a middle. Elliot yeah. is not stuck to play twenty minutes at nine. Like Ricky can can play him for twenty minutes at nine, play him for another twenty minutes through the middle, bench him for 10, 15 minutes after the after the break, and then come back on through the middle. I think Elliot just offers way more versatility for Ricky Stewart on his bench than Wolford can. Um, and I would I wouldn't be surprised to see him not play this weekend at all. Yeah. You agree, Grant Glenn? Well, actually, if you listen to what Ricky Stewart said last week, he said that the reason he's playing 60 is he doesn't quite think he's got 80 minutes in him yet. But he he alluded to the fact that he will. So, I I mean, it just tells me no. And, I mean, I can't say it emphatically enough. Don't do it. This is a bad trade if you're bringing this guy in. Yeah, we touched on it earlier. We brought in Berber. We brought in Tass. And this is going to be – I'm hoping for your sake, if you are one of the guys bringing him in, that before the round, before an hour before, Elliot does play. Because if Elliot doesn't play and he does play this week and you keep him in your team, you're going to be screwed next week. So yeah. I'm hoping for your sake, the ones out there trading him in um, to do that. Uh, Ross, your thoughts, mate? Yeah, no, I don't like it. I'm, I'm, I, 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 Elliot's on the extended bench. Yeah, I think he's going to come into the team and more foot will go out. But I just want to say, I still don't understand why... Um, Starling's not playing 80 minutes. He's been he was killing it when he played 80 minutes. He really was. But obviously they Ricky wanted to do a change up because Raiders weren't winning, but I still don't understand it. I really don't. 
Yep, don't try my number one super coach advice. Don't try and think what Ricky Stewart thinks. Just <laughs> well, well, most coaches for that example. Nathan <laughs> Brown, Brad Arthur, uh, Ricky Todd Stewart, Payton. Adam Todd O'Brien, Payton. Todd Payton. They're the five <laughs> that just don't don't even try and reason with them. Yeah, yeah. be like Des. Be like Des. <laughs> oh, All right. So what, one thing I will say is um, that's the top ten tradings this week. One thing I will say is that um. I don't believe any of those are massive priority trading targets. And I don't believe anyone this week is a massive trading target. That's why this week I'm actually not going to trade. Um, a lot of the ones there that I want to get, um, I either can't afford or um, the ones that I'm all looking at getting, which we haven't mentioned is actually uh, Egan Butcher, uh, Nat Butcher, yeah. um, who I really like, but I can wait a week on him and I need to start saving trades. I've got 23 left. Um, if I use two this week, I've got 21. If I boost up again, I've got 20. So uh, I'm going to start saving trades. And the other one I was going to be Peebles. And I like to wait a week on Peebles. So um, you, you noticed last week, the highest traded in was what, Burbo at about 11,000 trade-ins. And that was at the time of recording last week. This year, I did this week, uh, 6,000 is the biggest trade-in. So I don't think there's very many priorities out there that need to be traded in. So if you can, my suggestion would be hold trades this week. In that top 10, the only slam dunk is IPAP and he's yeah. 800K. Like Cotter, mm. there's the risk of origin. IPAP is hella expensive. Manu, we've already said our piece. Matto, we, 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 have, we have concerns. Peoples can wait a week. Kikau, Rocks or Diamonds. Cobo, Rocks or Diamonds. Sawali, we both we all hate. Uh, Tago, we all hate. And Wolford, we all hate. So like the only slam dunk there is IPAP and he is 800K. So that's probably the reason why he is not 11,000 traded in like Burpo was last week. Correct. So, Josh, you don't think that Matto's a chance of playing Origin, given the fact that Frizzell's not really in form. You've got Cam Murray, who's going to be out. You don't think he's going to jag a bench spot, potentially? I just don't think Freddie wants to shake it up too much as to what's winning last year. So, the bench, he'll carry a 14, which probably will be Whiten, just because he, he loves Whiten. And then you've got to fit in Angus Crichton. You've got to fit in... Payne Haas, I don't think Payne Haas starts. He didn't start last year. Um, I think Fitler's made it pretty clear. And so that there's there's one bench spot. And then do you carry like a, a utility middle when probably, oh, I was going to say Radley, but then now Radley's out for six weeks. So that there is a possibility. Um, I think there is risk with Matto, as you said, but it's tough. It's tough. As a New South Wales, as a, New, as a Queenslander, I don't want to see him picked because I think he's a, a quality, quality footballer. But yeah, um, yeah I think he, he probably could could. Could Jags probably want one bench spot that he's fighting for? So, um, yeah, for super coach purposes, I really hope he doesn't. You heard it there, Freddie, straight from the horse's mouth. Don't pick Matto because they're scared. <laughs> they're getting Actually, scared. yeah, don't pick Matto. I'd, I'd love for him to be a pod this week. So, <laughs> no, I'm talking to Freddie Fitler now. Maybe you should pick Matto. You get all this Queenslanders all scared. <laughs> all good. All right, let's move on. We'll go quickly over the trade outs, guys. Um, number one on the list, Xavier Coates, pretty big trade out, 7,000 trade outs this week. Um, I've been a big advocate on not trading him, um, even though I've never owned him. And that's basically because I believe he's that guy that you have on the bench and you play on matchups. Um, however, I can see the merit in trading him out for cash this week. He, I think he's, he's peaked, he's got a massive break here, I think 160, I think, this week. Um, I can see the merit on actually building cash up to start strengthening the rest of your team. Your thoughts, Glenn? Okay, so I've been telling everyone to hold hold him. And like mm-hmm. I told, tried to tell Ross to hold him, and then he went big in those two games. But mm-hmm. now it's changed. Pappenhausen's out of the side. Nass is also out of the side, which takes a bit of punch out of the middle. 
I just don't think they have the same strike in the side that they did. And um, I think that depending on what you're going to, if you were going a coach to a kick or a cow to get IPAP or one of those players, I, I don't mind it actually. Yeah, on that strike, uh, Jerome Hughes has reported out for four weeks and, and yeah. named this week. Do we I think know. he actually lines up? Insane. Um, I'm a coach. Owner, well, I was a coach owner until a lockout lifted. I am selling 144 break even off to Origin. Um, yeah, the Storm have lost two key weapons in in Hughes and um, Pappenhausen with Nass out as well. I'm trading. I wouldn't be trading to like Sawali or Tago, like which which is what's in the top ten. I'd be going to Peoples and freeing up like 400k or finding the cash and going up. So if you're trading out Coates. He's not a guy that that you you bank much off. So I, like I wouldn't trade Coates for a guy who's going to get me sixty points week in week out. I'd trade him for a guy that has the upside like Coates does. So um, that's just my and that's the reason why I'm selling. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I don't want to ask you because I, know I might um, hurt you a little bit, Ross. But uh, will you oh, trade shit. Coates out this week, mate? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I can't. Oh, I don't know what to say. Um, Look, it depends on who you're trading him to. Look, let's yeah. be honest. I mean, if you if you're using him to go to IPAP or Matter or someone like that via, via Jewels, yes, absolutely. But I wouldn't be going to Joey Manu, which I'm pretty sure is one of the popular trades. I definitely wouldn't be doing that because you're going to get probably more for this seat for the rest of the season out of Coats points wise than what you're going to get out of Manu. I reckon. Yeah, the most popular Coats trade is to Manu, which there you go, I see. hate. There you go. I don't like that at all. And then Sawali's the second most. Yeah, Cobo's nah. the third most. And I just... Yeah. <laughs> Cobo, that, that one, I just saw that. That's even worse. <laughs> That's what terrible. To people last week and still rings true is if you had to play coach in your side from round one every round, you'd be ahead of the game. Yeah, yeah well, and... I, I have been fortunate enough to do that. Um, so you cop, look, last week he got, what, nine points? And yeah, it's going to happen. But he had two games of, what, 120 plus. So it's, it's yeah. very up and down with Coates. Um, but with, with the guys like Talakai and Tago and stuff, my center wing is starting to get quite stuffed um, and probably upgrading to some of those gun to RFs is where I'm heading down. And depending on depending on the rest of the makeup of your team last week <laughs> and your bench, you could have probably sat out Coates last week, given that Hughes and Paps were both out and just, Sat him on the bench. I know it would have probably been a crazy play, but maybe not against Penrith. I would have, would have been an option of just benching him for that week. Penrith mm. stifled backs. You, yeah. You know, as a rule, you don't play centre wings versus um, sides like the Panthers. You just don't. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's funny, though. I will say that when I won my head to head last week, um, the bloke that I was versing actually played Coates over Targo. Um, um, I did that, but to be yeah. to be fair, to be fair, Targo was in my two RF. I had nowhere to play him. I was, I was kind of forced to play Coates, but we still managed like a thousand fifty. But yeah, against Penrith, in hindsight, hindsight's a wonderful thing. He was. Oh well, yeah, we love hindsight. No, <laughs> probably put, bench him. Put, probably punch out a hundred. Oh, hundred percent. I'm going to I'm going to trade him this week. So make <laughs> him make him make him be captain. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I um. Yeah, I was pretty much uh, the only reason I actually won my head to head was because he played Coates. Everything he only, only just beat him, so <laughs> thank you, Coatsy. All right, guys, next ones here. I think they're a no brainer. The next two on the list are Chris Randall and Carmen Tulangi. Um, I think they're ready to go. They're ready to go. There's no 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 point even talking about these guys. I think Kelmar down is perfect to free up cash. Someone to peoples. Um, my, my the trade that I was going to make this week, um, if I do, would have been two trades. It would have been Kalmar to Alungi down to Peoples. And I've still got Leo Thompson in the front row. So I would have gone Leo Thompson to Butcher, moving Arrow up to my front row, leaving me to not have to be forced to play 
Max King, which is killing me at the moment. So um, I think that the only reason I won't do that trade this week is I need to save trades. However, I'm tempted to do it just so I'm not, not forced to play Max King. Can uh, I just say on Randall, like I, most people I'm presuming are trading him to Ruben Cotter, right? Now, Randall's got a break even about 33 this week, which he may only just get given the minutes he's playing. But for me, I would actually hold Randall for this week and see what happens with Cotter first because Cotter's not going to go up a lot in the next couple of weeks and so maybe wait till round 13 to pull the trigger onto that trade just because we don't know what's going to happen with him. Do you guys agree or not? If you own, if you own Robin Cotter already and you're looking to move him up, sell Randall and then buy someone in your second row, I don't mind it. If you're actually selling Robin yeah. Cotter, I don't like it. That's the what I'm presuming the people are going to be doing that. Yeah, the, the most, most popular, popular trade. The yeah. most popular there trade see? is Cotter. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So for me, it's a hold. However, like the third most popular is Randall to Matto, which slammed up. Yeah, that's, so, that's fine. If you're going to go Randall to, if you're going to go Randall to IPAP for or something like that via Cotter or something, yeah, I get it. But not, I'm not, I'm not convinced on Randall to Cotter this week. No, but Brails isn't too far away. But as Dan said, I think the less time we spend on Cotter and Tuolangi, the better because they're both mm. pretty thing. I think the more the more juicy point here is number four on the list, which is Sifatalakai. Yeah, I can't get behind. Like he get he's getting center wing next week, and like yeah, like he's not performing for a two RF. But um, Nathan from the Supercoach Guns made a really good point. Look at him as a center wing. Look at him as at what he's doing at center wing, which for me against the Titans this week, as a side that can leak points and Hines back at halfback. Like I just think the Sharks are going to towel them up this week and, and Talakai. Yeah. Look at what was he? 740 Katie's peak. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sell him, that was the time to sell him because he was yeah. never going to go higher than that. Yeah. Just ride the wave. He's, he's got a good enough base. He's not like a coat. He has the same ceiling as coats. with the, with a much better floor. I just be holding Talakai for, for basically the season. Yeah, you got um. So what what side is Satellite on? What the left side? Left. So he'll be up against yeah. the right. So it'll either be uh, it's against Isan Masters, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I'm more think. I'm looking at the draw now. I'm more thinking: is he going to be against the Roosters? Is he going to be against uh, Kiri or Walker? Uh, the right side. He's attacking on the left. He'll be up against Kiri. Okay, so that, all I'm looking at now is round eleven, Gold Coast, round twelve, Sydney, then New Zealand, then Gold Coast, then Bulldogs. That's up to 16. Why sell this guy? He's going to be a center wing that's going to have a massive ceiling and a reasonably low floor against those quality, those sides. And Roosters aren't breaking the world down right now as well. Can I just say for those that are selling him, and I'll tell you probably why some of them are. So one would be the break-even. People are thinking, oh, I've lost a lot of money. I don't want to lose anymore. The other one is, and it's an, it, is a, it is at least worth discussion, is Graham has been moved to second row. And... Um, I don't know about you guys, but I thought Tolman and Graham stifled them last week. Tolman kept getting in the bloody way. He literally, every time they go to pass the first receiver, there was Tolman. And and Graham just seems to lack punch. The the idea to put Graham over T. Broughton has got me somewhat surprised. But um, yeah, I think that if you own Telekai now, you've already lost that money. He is a keeper, especially at centre wing. Just hold it. It, the, it, it takes no more discussion than that, really. We, we all agree, yeah? Well, I know. Um, I think Josh had some different views on the Wade Graham. I think in the podcast I listened to the other day, Wade Graham, uh, him and Brew, they talked about um that Wade Graham now that he's training there all week. Wade Graham is he's training as the starter. We all know Wade Graham can be a ball playing second rower, oh, yeah. 
So in, I, I compared him to Kenny Bromwich. Yeah, I agree with that. A good, a, a little stocky back row with a good kicking game, a good passing game, and I just think the, as you said, the the connection will get better. Um, yeah. Graham's been out. T- Wilton's been training there. You would assume that tell, um, that Graham fills in for a couple of plays in training. I just think the the combination gets better and better, and Graham is good enough to create space um, for for Talakai. He's a genuine so, footballer. I love um, mm. uh, Graham. I mean, that's why he was selected to play Origin. He's a bloody good player. But the Graham that we're seeing at the moment, he looks scared. He he looks. I, I he's had a couple of head knocks, and that last one he took particular was a really nasty one. And mm. um, he just doesn't seem to have that same punch. But look. You, you might be right, Josh. He gets a bit of minutes into his legs and he gets uh, a bit of fitness and we get to see that ball playing um, uh, second row that we know he is. And and he does. He does put that little death kick in as well, which creates uh, that attacking, um, the attack for the Sharks. So it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Your thoughts, Ross? Well, I, I did my, my buy, hold and sell segment for the 360 Supercoach podcast and I've got him down as a sell, but... It just depends on, on how many trades and stuff that you've got because if I can see there's a quick play of selling him and then bringing him back later on to maybe not leak, lose sort of too much cash. But at the same time, like he's going to get that centre wing duel and 50 points for a CTW is nothing to sneeze at. Like if that's what he's getting, then then, then maybe hold him. But I'm, I'm just – I don't own him, so I don't know – you know, I'm looking to buying him in the next couple of weeks after he drops a shitload of cash and bring him into my center. So the um, thing is that I always ask people when they're looking at selling guns is who are you selling to? Mm. And there was only one person I would buy, and that is iPad. Yeah. And that is the only move that I would make for Talakai. Apart from that, I just I just hold it, I just write it out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh we won't do the top ten, we should do the number five now. Uh, we'll just go to Will Panasini. Uh He's done his job. I don't see him being an urgent sell. Um, your thoughts, Glenn, on Panasini? Yeah, you just said it. He's not an urgent sell. I mean, he actually does a really good job. And I, I mean, mm. I sold him last week to Campbell Graham, but up until then, he's performed for me every week. He's not an urgent sell, but he, you know, I think he's made the money. He's at that time to move on. Yeah. Your thoughts, Whisperer? Yeah, if you're selling Pedersini, if you've you've got a good side, obviously, like it's yeah, he's not someone I'd be looking to rush out. Like he's probably a luxury trade out. Um, I traded him three weeks ago via a boost. Um, I think I went Pedersini to Tass, which funded something to IPAP. I don't know, can't remember, but he's fine. Like he's 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 fine, honestly, and that's all you can say about Pedersini. He is fine. He is doing a job. He is a very good fourth tender wing. Um, yeah, I'd be trading him out for. For a, for a gun to RF and then moving Talakai down next week. But yeah, he's doing his job and he's not going to lose too much. Ca- like he, like he, you're not staring down the barrel of a hundred K price drop this week. Like you are with coats. You know what I mean? Like if you're doing it for money, he's not going to lose a, a shit ton for you to, to really lose any value. Indeed. Ross. Yeah. I'm with Josh. I think it's a luxury trade. It's not something you have to do. I mean, it depends on who you're going to trade him to. I mean, I traded him out about three, I think it was three weeks ago to, Stephen Crichton, which hasn't been a bad, a bad trade, but you know who knows whether Crichton's going to play Origin or not. But yeah, it depends on who you're trading him to. I wouldn't, I don't think he's a must trade out because he's still going okay. He's still scoring all right for them. Yep, true, true. All right, guys, just a uh, quick. Uh, we, last uh, two weeks we've been talking about the round thirteen buy planning and what teams we've gone through. We've gone through all the teams now, so I'll go. I'll start with you, Glenn. What are some of the strategies you look at when it comes to preparing for the whole buy period? So not just uh, 
round 13. But moving into from round 13 into the uh, essentially player rests when you have to have like someone like a Maddo like in the past has had a rest of the week after him to go have a rest. Uh, what kind of plans do you put in place, mate? For, um, that? So one of the things that I do is some of the buy around players that I do bring in is I don't just look at round 13. I look at 14, 15, 16 to see what they're playing in between there so that I'm comfortable to play them not just round 13, but right up until. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I don't try and bring in players just to fill a spot. In the past, I used to make the mistake of buying the player that was playing for the player that was out. And um, and I and I, under the way we used to play years ago, it wasn't so bad because we used to enough out on the second one. But I, I don't I, I I don't believe that now. I actually like the idea of just buying quality, not quantity, and that's pretty much the strategy I've used. I've got thirteen at the moment. I'm bringing in Kikau, which gives me fourteen, and I've got eight per seventeen. So I'm pretty well set. Um, that I think the only other trade I might likely make is Cook to Cotter. Um, but even then, I don't know if I'll do that. I'm pretty comfortable with the 14 I've got. Yeah, I think Cook to Cotter is pretty sideways, um, unless Cotter does yeah. play that 13 by. But like, and and do you think uh, Cotter outscores Cook for the rest of the year? Maybe. Well, the reason I suggested that was Cook is one that can get rested after Origin. Yeah, so true. He is one whose minutes could reduce. Um, now you've got Cody there as well, so like Cody Nicarima. So there's another option that they can yeah, happily sort exactly of exactly right. And that's yeah. that's exactly right. That's what I'm afraid of. So that's why I'm looking at Cook Grant. I, I'm not going to sell him. I just think that he's just leaving him alone. And um, yeah, so I, I, I'm holding in those spots in Munster, Cleary. Um, at the moment, I've got Turbo Himes at the back, and I've got Cook and Grant at the top. So a lot of those I'll be holding. Mm-hmm. Is there any uh, strategy you put in place, Whisperer, that um, you, that's been doing well for you in the past? Last year wasn't probably the, the year <laughs> after you was doing well, but in previous years, I've looked at player A versus player B and taking out their scores. So, for example, if you're bringing in someone just to play the buys, add their 10-week scores plus the <coughs> buy play, and then plus, so basically, like, if you're losing, a uh, different story with Origin players, like, for example, if you went Turbo, I would write Turbo off from round 13 to 17. And if he plays anywhere in between that, that's a plus. But for example, like your international guys, like if you're looking between buying an IPAP versus buying a kickout, look at their points from rounds 11 to 17. Yeah. And yeah, kickout might have more in round 13 because he plays there, but is it going to be more overall? Um, and that would lean towards my thing. And that, and that would stop you buying in place for the sake of buying them in. Last year, I went away from that. Like I said, I bought in guys like James Fisher-Harris, like guys like guys like Regan Campbell Gillard, and by no means are they bad buys, but rounds 20 to 21, 22, when I'm putting together my final side, and other guys have Haas and IPAP, I've got Fisher Harris. You know what I mean? Like they're not terrible guys, but it's a trade in. It's two trades that, that weren't necessary. So like I am buying in that butcher this week, who might be looked at as an unnecessary trade, but he's 15 points undervalued with his current price. So I can justify it there. Whereas buying in a, a guy who is for example, Amanu, if you don't see him as a season-long keeper, it's two trades. You're paying 600K for a guy you bring in, then you're going to trade him out. Whereas Butcher, you bring him in for 350 and you trade him out for 550. You know what I mean? Like there's there's value there still. Um, that's, he, can, like, he, he can end up going to someone like a, a round 17 player that will be your keeper for that that second buy as well. Well, my my strategy with Butcher is to try and flip him to Haas when Haas's shoulder finally comes yeah, to like back playing good minutes for the, for the run home. So that's... And look at and have future plans as well. Have have a have an idea as to why you're bringing these guys in and what you're going to do with them. That's I guess my my strategy. Cool, Glenn. 
I just want to add one more thing. So you just touched on what I actually was going to say was the most important thing about bias is to have a plan. You need mm. to know what you're doing. Don't just buy, oh, look, I need these many players and I'm getting them so that I've got that many numbers. And then you don't know what you're doing after that. The, where I've been successful in Supercoach the most has been through the buy periods. Usually mm. when I come out at the end of the buys, that's where I tend to have gained my most ground. And it's because I've actually written out my side 17, uh, round 17 side. I've looked at the draw post 17 as to what I want to get to. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I know who's going to who already. Yeah, I, I get I get the question of, oh, how many should I have for round 13, round 7? I, I hate that question. Yeah. I hate putting a number on it because I'm going to have 13 to 14, but I might have nine guns and you might have six and you might have just six players that are just garbage. You know what I mean? Like, don't focus on, on getting 13 players. Focus on getting the best 10 players because your best 10 might be better than some guys 13. That's right. Yeah, well, I think if, if, for example, if I get 14, um, there's a couple of guys on my team now that I'm not trading out. I don't need to trade them out, but they're playing that 13. Um, I could have 14 players and I'm going to have a Cooler and a Valia in my team. And those, like, I'm not trading them out because they still are points, but I definitely wouldn't be bringing them in because that's like a 13 point score there for my center wing, which is just. Yeah, unnecessary. I guess, uh, I guess, for example, like someone like Cody Walker. I bought Cody Walker in three weeks ago um, because one, I saw him as a season-long keeper because when he finally pulls his finger out, he'll be good and he's finally coming good and he plays round 17. I'm not buying him just because he plays round 17. There is yeah. other other factors there to initiate it. And that's the thing. Like if if someone sends me a trade request and, or a trade advice and I say, well, why are you bringing them in? They say, oh, because he plays round 13. It's not a good enough reason, I feel, just because someone plays round 13. Nat Butcher plays round 13, also has 15,000 worth of value. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's, I feel like there's got to be a, a second point as to why you bring someone in, not just because they play the buy. Then you're going to get stuck with five trades with 10 rounds to go, fixing the issues that you've made 10 weeks ago. Just on that, I'm actually going to have Munster and Brown. And I really wanted Cody Walker based on the draw up until then, but I really like Brown as a keeper. I think that after round 17, the draw for the Eels is really pretty. Mm. And so I, I feel comfortable that I can play Brown from 14 onwards all the way through. So, but I, it'll be interesting to see the Munster walk and Munster Brown, which one comes out on top because there's a debate for either. As, as a walker owner myself, um, I've seen some glimpses of Cody doing all right, but I'm still not sold. I'm really like, like even last game, he was doing some good little cutout passes, getting some good tries. And then in the same game, he threw that pass behind the um, um, behind Milne and it almost went out. I, I just don't. There's some lack of confidence or something there. I think the the confidence without having A Ray there is really shot him a little bit. I'm hoping he gets better. Um, I've seen a bit better from him, and I'm happy with it. But I, I, at the moment, I'm on Team Brown for you, Glenn. I think that that's the, probably the better option at the moment. I'm I'm hoping Cody comes good, but I think Team Brown's the winner. Yeah, I think we panicked when Brown was named at center. I think that's the reason why I yeah. traded him. I think I traded him actually to Munster and I can't remember. I think I moved Ilias on to Walker or something like that. But um, yeah, if you've, I think if you if, if you gave me the choice between Brown and Walker or Brown and, and Munster, I'd be, no, so yeah, whatever. If, if give me Glenn's combo over the combo that I have. Yeah, I totally agree. If I was Adam Reynolds right now, I'd be sending a text message to Cody Walker that said, I told you in that interview I made you look good. I just wanted to right now I meant it. <laughs> all right uh ross uh any other plans that you might put in place or anything that we might let the listeners know about um ideas for 
uh, biostrategies? I think we're all I think we're all in the same sort of boat with the ideas. I mean, as I said earlier, I don't want to sound repetitive, but don't just bring players in to have the numbers. If you're going to bring players in for round 13, look at their draw before round 13, look at their draw between round 13 and 17 and go, okay, is he going to make me money or is he going to be a keeper? Because you don't want to bring someone in. Look at, you might be better off bringing in someone in who doesn't play 13, but plays 17 and has a lot better run in between. It's going to score you a lot more points and potentially make you some money in between. So same with bringing in players for round 17. Don't bring them in just for the numbers. Look at their draws, um, you know, up till the end of the season and look, are they going to be a keeper? If they aren't, are they going to be like, make enough money for me, like a Nat Butcher that you can upgrade to someone like Mado or whoever it might be, for example. Um, you know, there's, I mean, last year I picked up a lot of ground during buy period by picking up some pods as well. So it depends if, what you want to, how you want to go. Like, you know, people laughed at me when I jumped on Will Kennedy just before buy period last year and he absolutely killed it for me. So mm. you just got to, you know, there's options out there. I mean, it just depends on, you know, what you want to do. I think so, Ross makes, the, makes a good point. Round 17 to me is way more important than round 13 yeah, because yeah. guys you bring in for 17, you're kind of holding until 25. Yeah. Whereas at least if you bring someone in for 13, you can bail out at 17. Like if you're bringing in, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, who's a gun that's going to play. For example, like if you don't have IPAP or Matter or whatever, I know Paramount. Talakai. Like Talakai. If you're bringing these guys in, like rounds 13, 14, 15, you kind of got to ride with them until the end. So mm. I think you've got to be way more selective with your 17 trades compared to your, your 13. If you, have a look I- at the, if you have a look at the second buy for round 17, there's a lot more better players that you can bring in than over 13 that are going to be season keepers like Jerome Hughes, um, Mitchell Moses. Like There's so many better options for 17 to bring in. And I would be looking to stack up 17 more than what I'd be looking to stack up 13. There's just not many options to bring in the way mm-hmm. I see it for round 13 with the games that are being played. And if you are going to buy players for round 13 that aren't keepers, make sure they're making money so yeah. that you can move them on. The 17 keepers. Yeah, that's right. Well, one, one thing I will say, this is a strategy that I think is very viable as well, um, uh, especially because I mainly am a head-to-head player. And that is essentially... You touched on it earlier that 17 is probably the more important round uh, to have your solid team. So I'm happy to forego round 13 and build my 17 side. Now, this way I'm getting a head start on my final team and everybody else. While everyone's getting that round 13 team up, my head start, I'm gonna, I'm building my final team. Yeah. Um, I've, to, yeah. I've, got, I've got 14 now um, and I don't really need any more. So my next trades, my next trades over 12, 13, 15, will be getting in round 17 guys. And that's why I've always tried to target buys six weeks in advance. So that way now I can start targeting 17, you know what I mean? Like, and getting that, that done. And then when my cash cows have peaked. So for example, like I'm looking, someone I'm really looking heavily at for 17 is like Zach Lomax because the dragons have played round 17. I think Lomax is a guy that I'm going to want to have on my side. Um, even someone like Tony Staggs, if I want to bring him back in, like there's, there is some better options in 17. So if you can, it's a bit late now, but if you have your 13 side finalized, you can start targeting 17 earlier while everyone else starts to scramble. Yeah, I like it a lot. All right, guys, that pretty much uh, about wraps everything up about our buy strategy. Let's uh, talk trades, guys. Uh, Glenn, mate, what trades are you making this week, mate, if any? Yeah, well, so I'm making two. I'm bringing in iPad this round and I'm bringing in Kickout. Um, mm-hmm. I'm doing that quite controversially. I'm selling Turbo to do it. I know people probably don't think that's a smart trade, but I, what I saw last week I really didn't like, not just from Turbo, but from Manly alike. 
Um, look, I can't get to IPAP any other way. I looked at going to Alagi to people and then Josh King to him. I was just short to do it. Um, yeah, people probably think it's a silly trade, but I, I've, I'm quite well. I've still got Hines down there and Taste, and um, and I've still got Cleary up there. So I'm still in a good position. And I, and I still think I can pick Turbo up rounds um, after uh, round 18, sorry, for a much cheaper price. Yeah, he's definitely I'll, in the top of the climb. I'll ask, sorry, I'll, is, is Turbo a, a seasonal keeper? Genuine question. Like at fullback, is he in the top two options? Well, he usually is, yes. Yeah. But is he now, though? Like you, no, you have Hines and Pines and I don't think Hines. so. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. No. Yeah. No. Mm. Yeah, I'm stuck with him. I... Even even the way the Roosters are going at the moment, Teddy's looking more of a keeper over um, Turbo mm. this year too. So bad because I talked Rody into getting him, and I mm. and I kind of feel like I helped you along that way too, Dan. And no, uh, I made my own mind up, mate. When you told me you talked Rody into getting him, I already made my mind up on that. So. Good. You have clear conscience, mate. Just, uh, make sure you pray to give Brod a call for a welfare check. <laughs> oh, mate, I have improved his numbers. Still not, it's still not talkative, Brod, at the moment. <laughs> All good. All right. Um, what trades, if, you, if you're willing to share, uh, Whisperer, what trades are you looking at making this week? No, mate, top top secret. Um, no, look, we're going, <laughs> we're going Coates out and we are going Jai Arrow out. Uh, I know that Jai Arrow has been picking up more minutes, but the way my team's structured, he's actually not in my playing 17. So yep. no point really holding him. Um, so Arrow out and Coates out. And we're bringing in Nat Butcher, as I've discussed a couple of times. And we're also bringing in Ryan Madison. Um, mm. Kind of locked on that. It'll be between him or kick out. But I'm thinking I'm just going to go towards Maddo because I don't need the 13 numbers. So bring in a guy for 17. And then next week... We'll bring in the peoples and we'll move uh we'll move Talakai down. Um so that'll be handy, then we're kind of done with trades. Awesome. Uh Ross, mate, what trades are you making? Uh going stags to IPAP via Targo and Talungi to Peoples and bank up some more cash and hopefully hold some trades for the next couple of rounds, given I've got already got thirteen or so for round thirteen. So hope hold some trades. Mm. Well, I touched on it earlier, but my trades are pretty much going to be non-existent this week. So I'm happy to not trade at all. Um, I've I got two Alangi there who I want to get out, but I have no need to. I'm not, I don't need to play him. So I'm happy to just sit in there. Um, if he's going to lose money, it won't be a lot. So I'm happy to go uh, next week to Alangi the Peoples and then Leo Thompson out for Butcher. So I don't think there's an urgent trades this week and it'd be, make me feel really good if I could actually finally have a week without trading. So... Um, that was being what we're round 11 now. I only week I haven't traded was round one, so <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much it for me. Um, let's go, captain, vice captain, uh, Glenn. Uh, your thoughts this week, mate? Um, I there's a couple I had in mind. I actually looked at Madison as a VC option or Grant, but I've actually landed on um, Cleary's going to be my VC and Hines probably my C. I'm in the enviable position of being able to loop last round, so or second last round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Captain, Captain choices uh, for you, Whisperer. Oh, I just think Cameron Monster is going to absolutely kill the Cowboys. I'm yeah. finding it really hard not to put the the vice captaincy on him, but that means I'm going to have to choose between Hines and Cleary, and I haven't decided uh, at the mm-hmm. moment. It's on Hines, but I might make a change to Cleary. But I'm just finding it very hard not to have a piece of the Monster pie. Um, this weekend, like, do you, do you think Bellamy's not just going to absolutely rev him up all week? And 
Like Munster looked filthy last week, and I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but Munster could just tear apart this Cowboys side. Yeah, I'm really liking Munster a lot myself. Uh, but I'll, we'll go to Ross first. Uh, well, at the moment, it's undecided. The VCs either on going to actually be on Harry Green. I think he'll be beneficial for having Jerem Hughes back this week as well. Um, if it's not him, it'll be on Cleary, and then the C will probably go on to Hines. I really like the fact that they're playing the Titans this week and he's back in the halves. So I think you can carve them up. Yeah, I agree with that one. So um, I'm going to go a little bit different. And that's mainly because I've got uh, Tua Lungi on my team on the bench there. So I'm actually going to go heaps sideways here, guys. I'm going to uh, vice-captain Stags uh, against, the, um, uh, against the Broncos. Against the, sorry, against the Knights. Uh, and that way, if he goes really, really big and gets a decent score, which is unlikely, but if he does, I can then trade out uh, to Alangi and not get the crappy AAF. So well, that's, that's a question that I, I always ask Brew on the podcast every week. We always sort of set our benchmark. And with Heinz and Cleary to come, what scores are we looking at from our AEs? Like, is, is 130 enough? No, no. I, I'd, be, I'd be after a, a, probably a three-try thing from Stags, and I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I just think it's uh, 150 um, from Stags was the only way that I'd actually loop it. Um, and the reason why I'm doing that is I don't like the idea of looping. Um, so I'd rather just pick a captain that I know is maybe a bit safer. Um, so I'd rather go out there with a crazy option, uh, which is probably not going to work. But if it does, then great. But I don't really want to have to have that worry. Hey, Dan, if Stags gets that score next week, don't invite me onto the pod next week because I'll have a broken computer by then. So... <laughs> Because I'm selling stags this week, and you're talking about putting the VC on him. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> I, I, I only, uh, I only put, um, I only discovered that I was on a VC, and when you told me you were trading him out, oh I was like, shit! Of course, of course. <laughs> so you shouldn't be selling coats this week either. Then just hang on to him if you're selling. Can I just answer <laughs> to that question that you said um, in relation to what's a loopable score? I looped over uh, 130 once and 150 twice last year, and all three times it was beaten by a turbo. This year, yeah. captains have not been quite as nice. Uh, if it was 130, I would take it. If it was under that, I would question whether I would take it. But that, I, like I said, I have it on uh, Cleary. So I would have the opportunity to have seen all my players on the bench play prior to that. So I'll have an idea because I wouldn't do it uh, 130 plus 30, if that makes sense. So I've had anyone on my bench under 30, then that, that number changes. Well, we all hold Vaella, so... Yeah, that's mm-hmm. hasn't, hasn't there only been one loopable score this year anyway, which was Pappenhausen when he got the 180? That's about the only one that was probably loopable. Right? Uh, I've looped twice this year, and okay. one was for Pap, and I can't remember who the other one was. I, uh, it was for Hines when Hines got like yeah, 140 on like oh, yeah, yeah. in that's the pouring okay. rain. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 yeah I looped. But other than that, that's pretty much it. There yeah. hasn't been any others worth looping. Well, that's the thing. Like, I look at who's to come, and when you got Hines and Cleary to come, I'm probably not looking at anything less than 130, 135 from, from Cody, considering Vale is going to be my, my AA. Yeah. 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 And um, I didn't mention that my captain is at the moment Munster, but it also depends if Hughes is playing. If Hughes isn't playing, I'm probably going to um, go on to Hines. Um, I think Hughes um, out. It's not so much it makes Munster play worse. I think it's just the team really love that direction that Hughes gives as well. Um, and they weren't very great last week against the Panthers. So yeah, if if Hughes is not there, I have the luxury of moving Hines down to fullback um, and moving 
TAF up. So we have the luxury of then VCing Heinz into or VCing Cleary into C Heinz. So it, yeah. that will depend on Hughes as well. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Um, quickly, just before we go, we'll go around and just do a bit of a bold prediction this week. Just pick one each. So I'll put everyone on the spot here because I haven't even thought of one either. I just pretty much forgot about it. So, Glenn, any bold prediction this week, mate? Yeah, I'm going to say Cleary against the Roosters, uh, 140. I wish. Yeah. <laughs> Hoping. No, I just right. have a feeling against this game. All right, 140 against the right. Written down. All right, awesome. Uh, Whisperer, what's your what's your take, mate? For Supercoach, I've got Talakai with a bounce back 85 plus. Yeah. And just from an NRL standpoint, I don't know. I've got Melbourne to put 40 on the Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would appreciate that a lot um, because that means Cotter's still getting good tackles there. Uh, yeah. so, so I'll, I'll be happy with that. Someone posed, I put that on Twitter yesterday and someone said, hopefully it's 40 to 12 and that's a Cotter double for the, for the Cowboys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be happy with a Cotter, Cotter single and a, a Lolo try as well. That'd make me happier. Handy. <laughs> uh, Ross, mate, your thoughts? Oh, God. Um... Can I can I say that neither neither player for dogs or tigers are going to score more than fifty super coach points? <laughs> nah, um, oh jeez, um, far out. Go Munster to turn up this week against the Cowboys. Yeah, it's not, it's not too bold considering he's already projecting one hundred and five. So yeah, but the Cowboys aren't have defensively are like second best in the comp at the moment or something, aren't they? So yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think Grant could be a sneaky pod VC or captain this week. No, I just said that because I was just saying that before, yeah. So, could be. Well, normally, normally I don't like to jinx my own vice captain, but I'm going to go 130 plus for Stag. So, you want you want bold? I'm going to go bold. Uh, it's more hopeful than bold than anything else, but that's my, uh, that's my uh, wish for the week. So, that's it. Stag's 130. All right. All right, guys, that about wraps everything up. Uh, once again, Whisperer, thanks heaps for coming on, mate. It was always good to get some insights out of the, the Whisperer himself. Um, and if those uh, you didn't hear earlier, please tune in to the Dual Position Podcast anywhere on YouTube, Spotify, anywhere you can think of and jump on. Those guys got some good stuff there. Um, thanks, everyone. Anything else you want to say before we go? No, I'll post links on our page to his um, yeah, pod awesome. so that everyone knows where to find him. Awesome. Thank, you for, thank you for having me. Much appreciate it. It was good to, good to chat some, some Supercoach, as always. Love it, mate. Always good to have you. All right. Thanks very much. I'll uh, see you next week. See you. I want to win. I want that trophy. I want that trophy. I want that trophy.